Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Before you're seated, let's say this real quick. Lord, bless the word. Bless it to our spirits, Lord. Let us eat of it and digest it. And let it, Lord, permeate where you want it to go. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. As you're going down, grab your Bibles. We believe in the Bible around here, don't we? Oh, we believe in the Bible. And we bring our Bibles to church, and we bring our highlighters to church, and we bring our notebooks to church because we're learners and we're seekers. Is that right? So I want you to turn to two places. I want you to turn to Ephesians 4. Now, that's not our text, but I want you to turn there. We'll go there first, and then I want you to go to the book of John, John chapter 1. This morning, we're starting a brand new series that will go seven weeks. So y'all got to put up with me for seven weeks. Y'all okay with that? All right, so you got me for seven weeks. I'm sorry. So anyway, uh, but no, it's going to be so, so good. We're excited about what God is going to do. So this series is called The Big Twelve, and obviously it's about the 12 apostles of Jesus, and I pray that you will see yourself in one of these apostles, so uh, one of these disciples that you can relate to. Uh, I'm excited about this summer series because there's a lot of misinformation concerning the 12. Everybody say the 12. For example, Mark and Luke are not part of the original 12. Uh, They were disciples of Jesus, but disciples of Jesus were multitudes. Is that right? He had thousands of disciples, but the Bible says he chose from among them 12 men. That became what is called an apostle. What is the difference between a disciple and an apostle? A disciple is a follower. An apostle is a follower and a leader. So I want you to pay close attention to my words because words matter and uh, God has used me as a wordsmith. And so I really want you to watch words. I use a lot of words. I use verbiage and I try to articulate in a way that you can grasp and understand. But I really want you to see the emphasis on the words that I'm about to use. So Jesus anointed them. Watch this. So here's the difference. Jesus anointed them and he appointed them. Everybody say anointed and appointed. So he anointed and he appointed the apostles, not just to follow him, but to lead the early church. So these men birthed the early church. Now, there will probably be a spinoff of this series that will go into the fall, and we're really going to probably, more than likely, we're going to dive into the book of Acts in September, okay? And we're going to kind of take you through a continuation of these disciples what happened there in Acts chapter 1, what happened in Acts chapter 2 with these men as they birthed the early church. Does that sound good to y'all? Are y'all in Ephesians 4? All right, so let me pastor you for just a moment. So we're in Ephesians 4, and I want to um, read, start reading in verse 11. And it says this, He Himself, who is that referring to? That's referring to Jesus. Okay? Notice it's a capital He. It's referring to Jesus. If you look at the gifts of the Spirit, those gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. We're fixing to talk about five gifts that Jesus himself gave. Not the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave these gifts to the church. Watch this. 
He himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So let's go over those again. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It is otherwise known in our circles, spirit-filled circles, as the five-fold ministry. Okay? There's five gifts that Jesus gave the body of Christ. Five. Watch this. For the equipping, here's why, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for edifying of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure, the stature of the fullness of grace. Is that what it says, church? Our fullness of Christ, excuse me. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man. Now, the Bible, the Bible uses words that are so important and so much hinges on these words. Watch this. So you will not be tossed to and fro by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness and deceitfulness. Deceitfulness is a little truth and a little lie. That's deceitfulness. Deceitful plotting by men. Okay? But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Notice these words, two words, a lot of words here to point out, but two words that I want you to look at today, grow. Everybody say grow. So we go back up here to verse 11. Why did God give these five gifts to the church? All the way down here in verse 15, he gave them to the church so you could do what? Grow. Is that right? Okay. Now go back up to verse 11. Now watch what it says. He himself gave some to be apostles. Watch this. Keyword, some, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Is that right? Some, not all, some. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. Um, let's say I, I don't have this problem or never aspired to be this. It's not one thing I've ever wanted to do in my life, and especially in today's times, I would never want to be this. But let's say that I aspired to be a law enforcement officer. And let's say that I was enamored by the shiny badge, the vest, and the gun. And let's say that I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. So what do I do? I go online. And I look up law enforcement equipment. And I take my Discover card and I buy all the law enforcement equipment that I can buy. And I put on the vest and I, I got my own little make-believe badge and I've got my gun because I can carry. Arkansas is open carry. And so I can do all of that stuff and I can look like a law enforcement officer. So I get all my law enforcement stuff on and I go out to the sidewalk and I stand in the street and I go, whoa. You gotta get that tongue just right. Yeah, Barney Fife. I am a law enforcement officer. You impressed, baby? Yeah, she's impressed. I like that. We may have to order some of this stuff. Okay. Woo! It'll be fun in my house. So, I get all this stuff. And I say, <laughs> yeah, I like that, didn't you? So I say, I am a law enforcement officer. Oh, really? Under whose authority? Hmm. Well, number one, the state of Arkansas did not give me that authority. Okay? 
Number two, the city of El Dorado did not give me that authority. Number three, the, the county of Union County, Arkansas did not give me that authority. Now, I can be ambered by the look and the recognition and how people respect me when I walk down the sidewalk. I can, I can be ambered with all of the accolades that come with being a law enforcement officer. But what about if I get in the line of fire? <laughs> what if I start getting into warfare? Am I going to be so enamored by law enforcement then? Probably not, as the bullets are flying over my head. I'm going to be shedding that vest and that badge and that gun. I'm going to say, have mercy on me. Why, I was never anointed and appointed to fulfill that duty. Amen. He gave some. Now let's talk about this, okay? We throw around the word pastor a lot, okay? Let's break that down, and let's, let's look at what that means, okay? So, I like to think of that as spheres of influence, okay? It's, it's areas of influence that God has given me. Now, we are all, and we use this verbiage, I've used this verbiage, you've used this verbiage, that we're all pastors. Well, that's true, but let's define that. Okay, because I think we need to think of that in spheres of influence. So God has given you a sphere of influence. Your home is a sphere of influence. Your job is a sphere of influence. Okay, but when we neglect and what these five gifts are to the church, he gave some. Jesus himself anointed and called these five gifts. I can take you to the moment, the place, the time, the smell. I can take you to every moment and everything I felt when that mantle of pastor hit my life. The calling that hit my life. I can tell you every detail of that moment. Why? It's a specific calling. Are y'all with me? Okay. What I do is not a career. It is a calling. And it's a calling given by God. By Je- the Bible says, Jesus himself gives these callings. Does that make sense? Okay. So we go, we, and I don't want to get too much into the fall right now, but I'm going to go a little bit here. So we go into Acts chapter 1. Actually, we end with John. And, and there is the famous verse where Jesus says, and, and, and I've quoted this and you've quoted this, but we've also kind of misquoted this. Because Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples of all men. Okay, so everybody's like emphasizing the go. But if you look and you read that in its context, it was not go, it was grow. Because the next thing that happens is he said, wait till you be endued with power. And then you see repentance, you see water baptism, and you see being filled with the Holy Spirit. There was, watch this, oh my goodness, I'm fixing to preach. There was qualification before there was multiplication. Woo, I feel preach all down my spine right now. My Lord. I said there was qualification before there was multiplication. In other words, that person went through a qualification part before they ventured out into ministry. Because if there is not a qualification before there is multiplication, you will run into a demonic buzzsaw that you're not ready for and you don't have the authority for. Are y'all with me? 
So I believe that God has given us authority. I believe that wholeheartedly. I, I believe that God has given us power and we don't have to fear the devil. But I am talking about there are demonic strongholds out there. And, and what happens is with these five gifts, they are coverings for the church. Just like the state of Arkansas would cover me in law enforcement, these are coverings. If you go outside of that covering and you try to be a long ranger and do your own thing, you are going to run into something you're not prepared for. Do y'all remember in the early church that the Christians were trying to cast out demons and they ran into a demon and the demon started talking back? And the demon said these words. He said, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who in the Sam Hill are you? Qualification. Everybody say qualification before multiplication. So there is a discipleship growth process, amen church, that must happen in a believer's life. Now we all have power and we all minister and we all have gifts and I believe in that a thousand percent, but I believe it is done under the local covering of the local C church. Amen. So we operate underneath that covering and then God uses that. So for an apostle, an apostle is an overseer of a church. Over churches, plural. That's what an apostle is. So they birth and they plant churches and they're overseers. So that we have the apostle in our life who oversees us. And then we have the prophet who speaks into us and encourages us. Uh, We have the evangelist who comes along and edifies us and builds us up, which is what Dustin Martin did last weekend, and he energizes the church. He comes in and out of churches. That's an evangelist, and he, he, as he comes, he's spreading joy and excitement, and he's giving us things and voices that we're not used to hearing. So that is an evangelist. And then we get to the teacher. The teacher equips us. The teacher prepares us. The teacher is doing all of the qualification process so we can have multiplication. Does that make sense? And then you have the pastor. The pastor is a shepherd. The pastor is a protector. The pastor is a corrector. The pastor is a discipler. The pastor oversees you. He, he, he protects you. He covers you. All of those things. And so when all of that is happening, then that, that coupled with the authority God has given you, then you have power. And you're not doing it under your own power and authority. All right, so I want to say something. I am very, very leery of people who are going out ministering and they have no covering. They call themselves ministers and they're doing all of these ministry things, but they're not under a local shepherd, a local covering. And by the way, they're not standing in this pulpit. You're not standing here. You're not leading here. You're not doing anything here until you come up under a covering. I don't care if you can preach the house down. Been there, done that, and ask them to leave and never come back. I've done that. I've stood and looked guys in the eyes and said, you are not welcome to preach here. Because they don't submit, they don't come under a covering, they don't honor leadership. Amen, church? So do you see that Jesus anointed and appointed these apostles? There was a specific anointing. So we're going to start today with this series with the disciple Andrew, the apostle Andrew. Everybody say Andrew. He was the very first apostle. Now we will not cover all 12 in this series because of time restraint, but we will cover as many as we can. 
And uh, I'm really excited about us discovering some of the lesser ones together because they were just as known by Jesus than some of the most famous ones that are talked about in the church. For example, there is no, no, um, no record in the Bible that Jesus and the Apostle Paul ever met in person while Jesus physically walked the earth before uh, the crucifixion. We see no record of that. Jesus never met Timothy. Mark was actually a disciple of Peter. So Jesus appointed 12. That's why we call this series the Big 12. Paul is believed by many scholars and theologians to have have, uh, taken the place of Judas Iscariot. Now we know what happened to Judas. Judas betrayed Jesus. Is that right? And so he ended up hanging himself and he committed suicide. So now we have 11. Well, many scholars and many theologians believe the Apostle Paul would have taken that 12th spot, okay? And I want you to know as your pastor, I believe that as well, okay? Now, you don't have to believe that. Maybe you got another theory on that, and that's okay. Now, if you read Acts chapter 1, we know they voted in uh, Matthias, but I don't, believe, I don't believe that's the guy. And the reason I don't believe that's the guy is because he's never talked about again. He's never mentioned again. And in the series in the fall, if we do it, I'm going to talk all about that, okay? And you're going to learn all about that right there, because I've got a spin on that that I believe that, uh, anyway, I can't go into that. But anyway, I believe the Apostle Paul takes that 12th spot. So spiritually speaking, when we get to heaven, I believe the Apostle Paul's name will be on the foundational stones of that city, New Jerusalem. I believe that, okay? Uh, We know that Paul met Jesus post-resurrection, or yes, post-resurrection, after Jesus was resurrected, we know that, that Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and that's where his life was changed. So Jesus chose 12, but some actually chose Jesus before that he ever chose them, and the apostle Andrew is the first one that we can note there. Okay, Andrew originally was a follower of John the Baptist. He was with John the first time he encountered Jesus. Andrew is what I like to call a seeker. Everybody shout out a seeker. So John chapter 1 is where we will take our text this morning. If you're there, say amen. John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 35. This is the first mention of the disciple Andrew. Again, the next day, John stood with the two of his disciples. This is verse 35. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? Everybody say, A seeker. Come on, you can do better than that. A seeker. They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Everybody shout out Andrew. Watch this. Watch what he's referred to as Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translates Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now we'll close here. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas which is translated stone. So let's jump into this. Andrew is the kind of guy that when he finds something good, he likes to tell other people about it. 
He's like, dude, you got to eat at this restaurant. It is good. Man, you got to see this movie. This movie is so good. Do y'all know anybody that just likes to just, I mean, they could sell ice to an Eskimo. Y'all know anybody like that? Jerry Lawson's like that. Man, he can get you fired up and excited about anything. And I'm like, man, let's do it. I don't know where we're going, but man, we're going to do it. Y'all know anybody like that? He's an Andrew. I don't know if anybody's ever told him that, but he's an Andrew. He's a seeker. Okay, and I'm going to use another word here in just a moment. Unfortunately, there are people who are not like Andrew. Okay? There are people that want to hold the secret to themselves. They're like fishermen who will not reveal their secret place to fish. And I wonder how many Christians are like that. They're not Andrews. And so what they do is they, and, and this, is, this is a crazy statistic, and I forget the number, but you ought to look it up sometimes, of how many believers have never shared their faith with another person, another human being. Do you know how many Christian believers, the Muslims and the other faiths of the world are outdoing us drastically? Christians, for whatever reason, are too shy and too embarrassed, or whatever the case may be, to share their faith. I wonder how many Christians have never shared where they go to church. Notice the key word share. There's a word there in, in social media called share your post. I wonder how many believers have never shared their church post because they don't want anybody to know where they go to church. Hmm. Let that one sit for a minute. How many believers are ashamed or afraid or embarrassed or whatever the case may be, and they never share what God is doing in their life? They never like the guy we mentioned a moment ago where Jesus said, go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell people what God is doing. The first thing that Andrew did when he found his brother Simon is he said, we have found the Messiah. To me, Andrew shows us he isn't just a follower. He's a leader and he's an influencer. And here's the word I wanted to use a moment ago. Watch this word because we're going to use it a lot. I'm introducing this word to you and you'll hear this word a lot throughout the year. Okay, you're going to hear this word. Andrew was a connector. Everybody say a connector. He was the bridge between Jesus and his most prominent follower, which became Peter. It's like when you introduce someone and the next thing you know, they're going to lunch without you and you see it on social media. Can I step on some toes for just a moment? I don't think Andrew cared because he was a connector. I love people like this. People that know their role and they're not insecure. God send us some, some people who are secure to this church. That are not insecure in their faith. That when they see somebody else eating lunch together, they're not offended. That was my friend. Hmm. Hmm. Andrew saw the potential chemistry. He saw what Peter could do for the ministry of Jesus and what he could do for his brother. Verse 42, he changed Simon's name to Peter. Andrew introduced Simon to Jesus and Jesus introduced Simon to Peter. He gave him a new name and a new assignment. 
Hi, I'm Simon. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're Peter. Before you tell me who you think you are, let me tell you who you really are. This is who you've been. This is where you came from. And this is what I prepared you for. This is who you really are. Check this out. The name Simon means, watch this. This is so intriguing. Oh my goodness. This sent me down so many rabbit trails, but this was so good. Peter's name means unstable, or Simon's name. Simon's name means unstable as water. Unstable as water. Isn't that intriguing? Because he was the guy that walked on water. Okay, watch this. His name means unstable as water. His father's name was not Jonah or John. Now here's the thing, something to learn. Some translations, uh, those two names, Jonah and John, are the same. Okay, Neither one was Andrew and Peter's father's name. I think what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, you're Simon, unstable as water. And if you remember Matthew 16, verse 17, where Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And it was Simon Peter who spoke up and said, you are Christos, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him back, he said, Simon Bar, watch these words, Simon Bar Jonah, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Anytime you see the word bar, for example, Bartholomew, we'll talk about him, Bartholomew, when you see that bar in front of that, that means of or from. So that's what he's saying. He's saying you are of or from. It doesn't mean the physical child of that name. It means of or from. Everybody say of or from. So Jesus is either saying you're Simon follower of John the Baptist, which could be, that's one theory, he could be saying that, or you're Simon unstable as water and you're falling in the footsteps of Jonah the prophet. I believe personally, you don't have to believe this, this is not heaven or hell stuff or theology that would mess you up, but I believe that he's talking about Jonah the prophet and not John the Baptist. I think Jesus was affirming his calling. Simon, you're, you're going in the opposite direction of your calling. Isn't that what happened to the prophet Jonah? Like Jonah, you are going in the opposite direction, but you have a brother who sees what's in you, and I'm going to rename you, not unstable as water, which, which by the way, Jonah was the prophet who was thrown into the water, and the well swallowed him. Y'all remember that story? So... You're going to be Peter, rock, and I will build my church on the revelation that you have. Stone or rock is in opposition of who Peter has been. Up until this moment, Peter has been what I like to call a reluctant leader. Peter, it's your tendency, just like Jonah, to run from what you're called to do. The thing you most hate about yourself in my presence will be changed, but you first have to be introduced to your own potential. You used to run, Peter, now you will stand like a rock. Y'all remember the old Chevy commercial? Like a rock. You're steady as can be. I don't know the name, what that song said. But anyway. Andrew, I believe, didn't need that. Simon did need that. Now most people, if they're Andrew, they're pouting because Jesus showed Simon more attention than he did him. Wait a minute, you mean he gets a new name? He gets to be the most prominent disciple, really? And I was the guy that made this happen. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go across town and start my own church where I get all the attention because I want to be the prominent one. Mm. Everybody say, mm. <laughs> I want to be noticed. I love people who understand their role and understand I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve, and any promotion or title comes from Jesus, not me. And by the way, that's the fastest way to the top. Andrew is a connector. Everybody shout out a connector. He was like this. I can see him almost like a chef in a kitchen. If I put a little bit of this with a little bit of this. Y'all see that? If I pull this and I put it with this, there is power for multiplication when I connect these two individuals together. I see people every Sunday, and you may not think that I see you, but I see you bringing guests to church. What are you? You are a connector. You have the anointing of Andrew. You're a connector, and you know there's power in connection. When I get people in this room, and I connect them with other people, there's power there. There are people every week getting ministered to because you have connected them to one community church. Connectors are the glue that holds everything together. They're the bridge to relationships and resource. And I hope more than anything in this series that you see all of the gifts are needed to perfect the local church. Are y'all with me? Jesus chose these individuals because of their ability to connect. Everybody say connect. When you're a connector, you have prophetic insight. That is not just, this is not just a gift of connecting people, but it's also a gift to connect resources. So if I connect these people, I'm connecting people and I'm connecting resources. And when I connect the two, there's power right there. Are y'all with me? They see if I get these two things in the same environment, there will be resource and provision when I connect these two people together. So in John chapter 6 is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Y'all remember this story? Did you know Andrew was the one who connected the little boy to Jesus? Andrew is what I like to call a helper. Everybody say a helper. And I hope and pray we're not consumed, so consumed with ourselves that we underestimate getting people in the room with Jesus and being a connector. I hope you're bringing people to church because when you do that, watch my words, watch my words. When you bring people to church, it multiplies your faith when you see God multiply their life. So as you see God multiply them, then return God multiplies you. And then the word we use in Ephesians 4 starts happening because you start growing and you start multiplying. As you multiply, God multiplies you. That is good preaching. Yarbrough, preach it, man. Preach it, preach it. Man, that's good stuff. Everybody say good stuff. Andrew had to be bold and brave to, to suggest these fishes and loaves. So we're going to talk about Philip next week. Philip focused on the problem. Andrew focused on the potential. He is not worried about who gets the credit, only that the need is met. God, send us more people like that. Oh, Lord, I pray this house would be overrun with people who could care less who gets the credit, only that the need is met. Amen. After all, he's the only referred to. Can you imagine being referred to as Simon Peter's brother? Now, I have a brother. I would take offense to that. 
I'm Jason, not Kevin, Jason. I'm my own man. I don't have any resentment, as y'all can see. Okay. I'll pray about that later. Okay. There is not one Christian that just came up in me, so I don't know. Sorry, Mom. Love my brother. He's a great guy. There is not one Christian that doesn't know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Is that right? What about, though, Andrew connecting the miracle? Did y'all know that? Probably didn't know that. Andrew was the guy that connected the miracle. The miracle would have never happened without Andrew. Okay? Connection. Watch this. Everybody else was frantically running around looking at the problem. I can hear them. In today's world, they would be going, if we had an Apple Mac computer, we could fix this, Jesus. You know, Apple's the best. And we could run spreadsheets on this, Pastor D. And we could figure this out. Hmm. I'm going to look over here. And Pastor Jay's going to say, it's not by might. And it's not by power. And it's not by your spreadsheet. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, I love him. He does awesome. I'm glad that's his gift because that's not my gift. And sometimes that gift is used profoundly. Amen. But everybody else was frantically running around looking at the problem, and Andrew was connecting people the whole time. While the other disciples were counting men, Andrew was counting the ones no one else was counting. (laughs) He noticed a boy. When everybody else is focused on the demand, Andrew is connecting with children. How else would he have known what was in the lunchbox? This is a powerful anointing, guys. This miracle happened because of the bridge of connection. This tells me Andrew was in sync with Jesus. I love people I'm in sync with. You ever been not in sync with somebody? It's miserable when you're not in sync with somebody. When you're both going after the same thing and the same vision, which makes sense because what does the Bible say? Where there's unity, he commands blessings. When you're in sync, that's another word. When you're in sync, God commands blessings. Is that right? It took great, great faith on Andrew's part because he knows what Jesus was capable of. I love it when God sees what no one else is seeing in somebody. Everybody else is judging people or counting. People are the problem. And Andrew was in sync with Jesus the whole time because he knew what Jesus could do with just a few things. Can Jesus, I want to ask you this morning, can Jesus trust you to be in sync with him? Andrew puts people in a place to sit under anointed teaching. How about you? Are you connecting people? Are you connecting resources? Are you a connector? Are you a bridge? When I think about connectors, this is what all of our teams and community groups and freedom groups and all the things that we do around here, that's what all of this is about. Because every single person in this church is a connector. Everybody say a connector. Unfortunately, this is anointing, an anointing that is looked over. There's nothing more important than connecting people to Jesus. Can I hear an amen on that? Our job is to connect you to, uh, our job is to, connect you to resource to your next step, to see the possibilities. Write this down. Connectors don't always get the credit. 
Connectors don't always get the credit. Is it about you or the miracle of the life changed? What's the answer to that question? It's the life changed. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. Watch these words. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. I want to say something to you. There is not enough recognition in the world that will compare to God appreciating the connection you made to change the life of one of his children. But in heaven, you talk about recognition. Oh, my Lord, the recognition that is going to take place in heaven. What I do here at One Community is just one part of what happens here. Okay, Now, people come here. They come here, and obviously, if it's their first time, they have to connect to me. Okay, they have to connect to the pastor, they have to connect to the vision, or they can't get behind it. And by the way, if you go to a church and you're, you cannot connect with the pastor or the vision of that church, you need to go somewhere else. If you're not growing, you need to go somewhere else. Okay, because the whole point of this is to edify you and to grow you up. Okay, so people come here, but I want you to watch this. People come here for the anointed preaching, teaching, and all of that, and the vision, but they stay here because of relationships. Because they're building relationships. That's what happens. Okay? Everybody say relationships. Never underestimate the power of connection. So what I want to do here real quickly is I want to call some folks up. I want Jerry and Paige Lawson to come stand right here and face the audience. Congregation. Jason and Courtney Steed, come face the, the congregation. I want Bill and Tammy McCloy to come here and face the congregation. Paige and Jerry, help them as they come, because they're going to be a little shyer than y'all are. Okay. <laughs> Dana Burke, I need you up here to stand, right up here. Uh, let's see, Lisa White, would you come stand right up here? Who do I have in this room that is in community kids check-in? Who, who does community kids check-in? Uh, Jeremy and Jeannie Call, come stand right here. Okay, come stand here. Okay. Y'all stand right here. Watch this. Y'all just stand here. And the good news is y'all don't have to do nothing. And I didn't call you or prepare you because all of you would freak out. Okay? I know this about my congregation. Y'all freak out about everything. We're going to talk about that next week. Okay. So let's say, let's pretend we're going to role play. Okay? Let's pretend. He loves this, by the way. Let's pretend I am coming. Uh, no, no. I'm going to use her. I'm going to use my wife. Okay. This is her first time to One Community Church. Okay, let's pretend I am on the guest services team and Alicia walks in and I'm standing at those doors or those doors and Alicia walks in. So stand up, honey. Come over here and you walk in and I'm going to go, man, you're beautiful. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I was like, he's my husband. <laughs> okay, so she's going to walk in, and when she walks in, I'm going to say, hey, ma'am, I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you at One Community Church. Now, watch this. Because I'm a man and I'm married, and let's say she's not my wife, I'm going to say, I want to connect you with my wife, Alicia. She is beautiful, and she is awesome, and I want to connect you, and I'm going to find you, and I'm going to say, hey, Alicia, come here. I want you to meet. What's your name? <laughs> I want you to meet Alicia. Y'all have the same name. Yay! And y'all have a lot in common. Do I hope you're not holding her hand. Like <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not doing that. Okay, all right. So, anyway, you got me all rattled now. Okay, I was, I was going pretty good. Okay, so do y'all see this? So I just made a connection. 
So say she says something to the degree of, I've got children, and I want to know, do you guys do anything for kids around here? My response is going to be, we have one of the most awesome kids ministries, I believe, in the county. It's called Community Kids, and I would love for, to, for, to connect you with our Community Kids department. So what I'm going to do is my wife, Alicia, and I are not going to just tell you. We're going to say, we're going to reach over, and we're going to grab somebody from the, from the guest services team, say it was Jerry and Paige, because they're right here. I'm going to say, hey, cover my position Alicia and I are fixing to take them down to community kids, and we're going to walk up here, and I'm going to walk right here to these guys. I'm going to say, Alicia, I want you, I won't hold your hand, by the way. I want you to meet Jeremy and Jeannie Calk. These guys are awesome, and they're going to connect your kids to what they need to be connected to. They're going to have fun. They're going to experience Jesus. They're going to learn Bible stories. And these guys are here to tell you all about that. They're going to put you in a database. They're going to take you into this room right over here that we have for first-time guests. And you're going to go over here, and these two guys are going to tell you everything you need to know. Then what's going to happen is these guys are going to just, out of their bellies, is just going to come excitement. Because they're so excited about community kids and what God is doing in community kids. Am I right? Yes. Are we right? Come on, are we right? Okay, so let's say we walk in. I walk, or she walks in, and she is at 10 o'clock, and service doesn't start, or say she's 9.50. Service doesn't start till 10.30. Well, these doors are closed because the worship team is still practicing. So you come in early. I'm going to go, hey, I'm Jason. So good to have you. I'm glad you're here. You're a little early, and that's great. We love that. While you wait, we have a community lounge right out here. We've got coffee. we got water. And I want to introduce you. You like coffee? I want to introduce you to Bill and Tammy McCloy. You like this? <laughs> so what, what am I doing? Why am I showing you this? This is connection. I am bridging a relationship that we don't know that could have the potential to last a lifetime. Y'all see what I'm saying? So I'm connecting you. Then I walk over here, you walk in, and you say, hey, I'm coming. That's my first time to one community church, and I want to know about community groups. That's what you're saying. You're like, hey, what do y'all do on Wednesday? Well, we don't have Wednesday. We don't have traditional Wednesday service because there's nothing traditional about this church. We're not religious around here. And we do things different. It's called 12 weeks of study groups and community groups and freedom groups. And I want to introduce you to Jerry and Paige Lawson. They know everything about it. Now, watch this. I've done this. You're an Andrew. I'm Andrew. You're Andrew. You're a connector. You don't care who gets the credit. So what he's going to do and she's going to do is they're going to say, let us connect you to a group of people that can help you. And then they're going to say, what about Jason and Courtney Sneed? Come on. Come on. And so you got to meet this guy. You will laugh until you cry when you're around this guy. So watch this. You're a connector. Do you see this? Do y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? Okay, now watch this. So you come in, and you come in service, and you're a little shy, and you're a little backward, and you don't really know about our church, and so you're walking around, and you're looking around. Okay. And so worship starts, and your eyes lock on to this lady right here. And when your eyes lock onto this lady, you know what Lisa does when she's worshiping? Lisa is worshiping God with everything she has. I don't know if y'all have ever watched Lisa, but if you will watch Lisa, Lisa is worshiping. 
And what happens is, and so after service, I can see a scenario where you're going, walking up to her and saying, thank you, because here's what she was connecting. She, her exuberant worship was connecting you to the Holy Spirit. As she worshiped, you connected to the Lord, and you felt a peace start here and go to your toes because she was excited and enthusiastic about her worship. Do y'all see the power of connection? Okay. So you come in and you say, hey, I've got teenage kids, which you do. And I've got this long-haired boy. He's a cutie. He's cute. But I want to connect him with, with uh, a youth group. Do y'all have a youth group? And, and I would say back, we have Unite students. And it it's, goes along with our 12 weeks that I told you about. And there's some awesome people. Now, here's what they're doing in Unite Students. They now have small groups. They're breaking out in small groups. And I want to introduce you to Dana Burke. Dana is, is one of the group leaders in Unite Students. Do you all see the power of connecting people? Do you see what a relationship could do? What if this relationship was the bridge between salvation for your son? A life with Christ. It could change the trajectory of his life by just meeting this one person. Do y'all see that? Come on, give everybody a hand. Y'all can be seated. Y'all see the power of connection. Everybody say the power of connection. Come on, say it again like you mean it. The power of connection. Okay, I'm done, but I want to say a few more things and keep your notebooks out because I'm going to give you a couple more nuggets. Somebody said, okay. Offense nullifies your gift. Offense nullifies your gift. You may have a gift out of this world, but if you're offended by everything, your gift can't function the way God intended for it to function. Because here's why. When you get offended, you pull back. Instead of reaching out, you go into a mode like this. And when you do this, you're not doing this. Everybody seeing that? I'm so blessed by people who serve. When you get the credit down here, it is fleeting. The Bible says if you get the credit down here, then your reward is down here. Hmm. That's going to be one of the shocks of heaven. When you get to heaven, one of the greatest shocks of heaven is who gets recognition. I love the Billy Grahams and the preachers of of our day and the spiritual giants of our day, but it won't be those guys. The people that are going to get recognition in heaven will be, be people you have never heard of in your life. The greatest temptation is to compare ourselves to other people. Listen to me, I am completely aware of my gift. I know my gift, but watch this. Because I've matured in my gift, I'm completely aware when my gift runs out. And when my gift runs out, I connect people who have the gift. And I'm not intimidated by that. I'm not insecure about that. I don't think I'm lesser than because I don't have that gift. Amen. Write this down. Powerful, powerful nugget. Here it is. Write this down. Treat everybody in the world like they're the gatekeeper to your destiny because one day you'll be right. 
Treat everybody in the world like they're the gatekeeper to your destiny because one day you'll be right. Write this down. You probably heard it, but it's good. Small hinges open big doors. Small hinges open big doors. The biggest doors that have ever opened in my life, it was because of connection with people that none of you have ever heard of. They were little people in the eyes of other people, but they were little hinges that opened big doors in my life. They were not recognized. They were not known. They didn't have great, powerful gifts that we see on a platform, but they were, they were people who understood the power of connection. And because of that, now I'm standing here. Seek out connectors. Most people look at connectors as networking. Networking is the means to an end. Let me just get what I want. Connectors care about people. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to pray, and we're going to go into an altar time. But Lord, thank you for the gift of connection. Lord, if we've been offended or felt offended, let us understand what kingdom builders really look like and forgive us, Lord, and use us to connect resources and people for your kingdom and let us be trusted to carry the kingdom in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.